gospel message. So we start this week's gospel message by reading from the book of Acts, chapter 3, from verses 13 to verse 15. And it reads, this is Peter speaking after the um, disciples had received the gift of the Holy Ghost on Pentecost, and then more specifically, after they had healed the man, the, the infirmed man that was sitting at the gate called Beautiful. And when they were now speaking to the onlookers, the people who had gathered to marvel at, you know, what had been done, the people gathered around. So then Peter started to address them. And in that, uh, starting from that verse 13, he says, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. So as can be gathered immediately, uh, that passage is, is referencing uh, the incident of the Jews when our Lord Jesus was at his trial and Pilate wanted to release him. But the Jews, led by the religious leaders, um, asked for his crucifixion instead. And uh, before I dig deep into that, let's just also read from the gospel according to John from verse 30, uh, chapter 18, from verses 38 to 40. So again, this is when Jesus was at his trial and um, Jesus, well, Pilate was attempting to engage Jesus in some dialogue which would prompt him to defend himself, to sort of dispute what the accusations were against him. So from verse 38, Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all, but ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So uh, the last passage we're going to reference is uh, from the book of Luke, from the gospel according to Luke. And then I will read from verse 13. Again, this is the same incident of Jesus before Pilate um, at his 
sham of a trial and uh, what Pilate was saying to the people concerning Jesus. So from uh, Luke chapter 23, and we'll start from verse 13. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof ye accuse him, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worth worthy of death is done unto him. Verse 17, for of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas. For who for a certain sedition made in the city, and for murder was cast into prison. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. So again, this is just the gospel of Luke's account of the same story where Pilate, going before the people after having examined Jesus according to him, he came back and told the people, he says, look, I get what you were saying he did. I've examined him. I see no proof of that. I see nothing that this man has done that warrants me to put him to death. So let me, or let me give you the option that according to your custom of the Passover, I usually release unto you one prisoner. Now I'm bringing two prisoners before you, this Jesus whom you are presenting and the murderer and robber called Barabbas. And before the words had even rolled off his tongue, according to scripture, the people yelled, nope, don't release Jesus, release Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. According to this passage, it says he was a murderer. They knew of Barabbas's crime. They, I'm sure he was well known because they said these were things that he had done in the, in the city. Um, they also accused Barabbas of sedition. And what sedition means is in inciting people to to rebel against authority he was a rebel rouser you know he stirred up dissensions which was one, one of the other reasons that they arrested him so not only was he a robber according to scripture not only was he a murderer according to scripture you know he also was anti-government so to speak and uh for that they also charged him and arrested him so this was the person that they pitted up against Jesus or that um, uh, Pilate pitted up against Jesus and the people chose the robber. They chose a robber. They chose a known murderer. They chose a known rebel rouser to be spared, to be released back into society. And, 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 the Lord brought this up to me a couple of weeks ago and I, and I didn't, I, I kind of let it go. And then he brought it back to me again today when I was trying to decide what I was going to speak on. 
because he brought it to me in this acts i had gone to this chapter of acts for something completely different and he brought this back up to me again and what it is we we have to understand the bible the bible is literal but the bible is also very allegorical so the same passage that is that relays facts biblical facts of something that in fact happened that same passage also represents um a parable so to speak you know an allegory of that you can now use to apply to other situations that can help us reflect or that can help us make decisions but this this passage about barabbas and jesus it's true it happened but it's also an allegory and here's the allegorical part so we know that the religious leaders and the scribes put Jesus up because they were envious of him. They were jealous of him. They hated him because though they claimed they were religious leaders, they, they loved the influence they had with the people. They loved the power. They loved the status. They loved the fact that, you know, they were the ones that people followed. And when Jesus came on the scene, simply doing the work of God, not doing anything for the vainglory that they did it for. But of course, because he was performing miracles, because his word had, had power, he garnished a following. And these religious leaders and scribes, they, they hated him for him. They really hated him. There was a deep-seated hatred, which again, we can tie it back to spiritual things. But let us just think of how spiritual things are played out in men because even though if you check to the bottom of it you will find some sort of spiritual influence at the end of the day unless we are straight up possessed by a demon which these men were not unless they were straight up possessed and they had zero control over their faculties then one can say they were not to blame but they were to blame they were to blame because even though satan or the devil, or wickedness, or evil can influence us. Again, unless we are totally in a full-blown state of demonic possession, we have a say in what we do. We have a say in how we respond. So yes, I know we can say we battle not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. What that passage says is what is at the root of it, what is at the base of it. But anytime human beings have the ability to be used as vessels of honor or vessels of dishonor or instruments of good versus instruments of evil, we have a say-so. We do have a choice. We can yield or we can say no, we can reject it. So here was the situation where these leaders were filled with vitriol and envy. And of course, they were promoting Satan's agenda, you know, the agenda that Satan had thinking or believing at that time that that agenda was going to once and for all thwart God's plans. But he had he had he had a surprise that that was stored up for him later because he didn't understand that facilitating Jesus's death is what gave us life eternal because had he known that was God's ultimate plan do you think he would have he would have stirred those people to to hatred and to and to do what they did no but again 
he as as powerful as 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 much power as satan has been allowed to have let me put it that way because he would have nothing unless the lord did not allow him to have it so as much power as satan has been allowed to have as much influence as satan has over us there are secrets of God that Satan is not privy to. He's just not. So as smart as he thinks he is, he's not as smart of God as God, not to mention, God forbid, even smarter. No way. It's not possible. So this was God's secret plan. And it's in the Bible that it was a secret plan. And it's also in the Bible that had Satan known, they would not have crucified our Lord and Savior. And I'll, and I'll reference it in a minute. But at the end of the day, these religious leaders and scribes, they, they had a choice, but they, they, they gave in to the envy. They gave in to the evil. They gave in to the darkness. And somehow, some way, right, according to this scripture, they influenced the people. The Jews, it says, Pilate came out and was talking to the Jews. So there were a whole bunch of them. There were a multitude of people out there that were looking at this sham trial going on. And somehow they had convinced them. And these were people, mind you, these were people who a short time before when Jesus entered into Jerusalem riding on, on, on a donkey, they, they were chanting Hosanna, hail the king. And it was all this jubilee and, and welcome and merriment. And a short time later, they were screaming, crucify him. So, again, I'm talking about this element of choice that we have. And they had a choice. Jesus, who, again, they, 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 they believed, not they believed, because I know they didn't believe it deep down inside, but they were claiming that, oh, he's committing blasphemy against God. He called God his father. He said he was equal with God. And they rent their clothes and covered their heads with dust and ashes and were crying out in this false indignation to God, saying that they were crucifying him because they were preserving the integrity of God, which we all know is a lie. They were doing it for hatred. They were doing it out of spite. They were doing it out of vain glory. They were doing it out of self-righteous indignation, and they were doing it out of evil, right? So they, they had the choice, but when you find darkness is at work, now, this is where I'm going with this. Darkness will choose darkness. Darkness will never choose light. Evil will never choose good. So when one is being influenced by those things that are contrary to the will of God, it's going to be evident in my life, in your life, in our lives. If we are truly followers of Christ, then we have to know the word of God. We have to know what God says. We have to know what God wills. We have to know what pleases God. We have to know what displeases God. Through the scripture and through the revelation, the, revelation, the truth revelation of the Holy Spirit, we come to know the personality of Christ. We come to know the things of the Spirit and the things that please God. So as we live this life, and yes, truly, 
As the Bible says, we do not battle flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness in this present world, spiritual wickedness in high places, and they will be out there to deceive and to influence us to do what? To disobey God, to do evil. And when they are doing that, they will motivate us towards those things that displease God, those things that are contrary to the word of God and to the will of God. They will choose darkness. They will choose a robber over light, over good, over a man who committed no sin, who broke no laws, who did no wrong, but they chose a robber over him because they were being motivated by evil and because they yielded to evil. Evil gave them an evil option and they chose it. They chose the robber over a savior. They chose a known murderer one who takes life over one who gives life. They chose one who, who was charged with sedition over one who preached, obey your leaders, obey all authority. Darkness chose darkness. Light will always choose light. Good will always choose good, but evil will always choose evil. And they chose a robber. So one of the surefire ways to check ourselves, to see if we are walking in the will of God, where are we being steered towards? Or what are we being steered towards? What are the things that this provocation or this temptation, what is it leading us to do? What is it tempting us to do? What is it enticing us to do? Because if those things are contrary to the word of God, if those things are contrary to the fruit of the spirit, then they are of the same similitude as the robber. They are of darkness. They are of evil. And if something is stirring us towards evil, then it cannot be good. Good will not steer us towards evil. God will not steer us towards displeasing God. The spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, will not steer us towards darkness. So as we are by the divine grace of God, about to transition into a new year. Life is going to go on. And with each progressive year, we are moving towards the end times. And if it's not the end time of the world, it's definitely one step closer to the end of our lives. By God willing, it'll be whatever the Lord has portioned it to be and nothing will be able to come in 
to cut it short or to make it premature. But with each year we add on, the reality is that we're coming closer and closer to an end of some sort. Satan is not going to stop. He's not going to let up. He's not going to slow down. He knows his time is short. So he's going to do everything in the power that has been allotted to him to take as many with him to his fiery condemnation as possible. So he has his eyes, his sight set on the children of God. Everything of evil will always persecute Jesus Christ in our lives. Everything evil, everything of Satan, everything that is anti-Christ will always put Jesus Christ on trial in our lives. It will falsely accuse Christ and it will put us on a pedestal, put him on a podium and then give us another alternative. There will always be Jesus and there will always be a Barabbas. There will always be the innocent one and there will always be the robber. And we will always have a choice. Are we going to choose the savior who is light or are we going to choose the robber who is death? They chose a robber, the wicked, evil, envious, hatred-filled religious leaders and people chose a robber. Their hate, their evil-filled hearts, their wickedness, and their cleaving to the evil that was influencing them caused them to choose a robber. As we go into this new year, by God's divine grace, it is incumbent that we surrender our lives to the light of Jesus Christ, that we surrender our lives to the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and ask him to guide us by his Holy Spirit on the path of righteousness, on the path that pleases God, so that we will be vigilant and aware. And when those temptations come, that will once again put Jesus Christ on trial. And we are now faced with a choice. Let us be wise and let us be spirit-led to always choose Christ and not choose the robber. The robber was the one supposed to die that day, supposed to be put to death, not according to the will of God for the purpose of salvation, but according to right and wrong they chose a robber and it's my prayer that i and that you and that we never do so in our lives and may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ amen